These are, these are two of the, of the most impactful people I think of when I think of prayer. So I'm so honored to, to introduce these people. Videgla, if you've ever been prayed for by, by Videgla, let me tell you, it, it's never-ending. God has filled him with prayer, okay? He can pray for, I, I guarantee you, he can pray for hours, and it doesn't, it doesn't go dull. God has gifted him with, with the ability to, prayer, uh, to pray. And Jody, let me tell you, when she prays for you, the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit comes. She can speak life into you. So we're all honored here to be able to, to hear from them how they pray. Whatever, whatever God has gifted them on prayer, take it in because they know what they're talking about. And so that's what I have, I'm, my job is. Um, and Mary here, she's going to kind of give the logistics of things because that's how she thinks. That's not at all how I think. So <laughs> I'm going to give it up to her. Hi. Okay, step one. Um, if I could have everyone kind of like squish in together. We kind of have a small room, so if you guys like on the sides could come to the middle, that'd be great. We're all friends here, right? Great. Okay, so we have today until 1225, and then there's going to be lunch. Um, so I'm just going to pray over um, this session, and then I'm going to hand out um, cards for you guys to fill out. There'll be a questionnaire if we have time, so just fill that out for us. Um, and that would be great. Okay. Looks good. Okay, I'm going to pray. God, I just thank you for today, Lord. And I just thank you that that you have done so much already over this weekend, Lord. And I just ask that you would continue to move, God. And we even just position ourselves this morning, God, to to be in full surrender to you. God, I just thank you for the filling of your spirit, even over Vidagla and Jody, God, I pray that that wisdom that they have received, that that revelation that they have received, God, that they could then pass that on to us, Lord, that they would just overflow with, with your spirit. Um, God, and we just um, open our ears, God, to hear what you want to say today through them, and, and we open our hearts, God, to receive fully what you want to teach us, God, and we just ask um, this morning for more of you. God, I just thank you that there is a peace when when we were put in a building with snow on the outside and, and worship to start off the day, Lord, I just pray that, that that peace, God, would be over everyone in this room so that we could really focus in on learning about you today. Um, God, we just are fully expectant for you to move. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, thank you. You guys are very kind. Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Vadegla. I'm the young adult director here, uh, along with my wife, Katie. And uh, we're just honored to be here to talk about prayer. Obviously, prayer is a passion of mine. Um, but I just want to take a couple minutes to tell you how I got here, like in terms of my prayer life and how I did not have any prayer at all in me uh, at start. And uh, my prayers were very transactional. Um, when I was in trouble, um, I'll call out for God and sure God will come and deliver me. And so I've seen God move. And um, even when I was not yet a full believer. Um, and so I've experienced that so many times um, to the point where um, up on salvation, um, God literally um, imparted in my heart the desire to pray. And so literally when I became saved, I was in my apartment complex and um, I literally fell on my knees. And for the first time in my life, I cried out to heaven. I say, God in heaven, I've given chances to a lot of things in my life and I've never given you 
full reign of my life. I've never surrendered to you. This is very scary right now, but I'm willing to try it. And as soon as those words were uttered out of my lips into the heaven, a peace came and rested up on my heart. And I was like, man, wow, 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 wow. That is the power of prayer in my life. And so right after that realization, two things came up on my heart. The first one was, God, I do not know the love of God. Like, you care for me so much that only one word or words that are uttered from my mouth would cause you to move in such powerful ways. So teach me the love of God. Teach me what it is to love you. Teach me what it is like on how you love me. So that was the first thing that literally gripped my heart. The second thing was, I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know how to pray. I mean, it was this awkward, timid prayer, but I felt the power of it in my spirit. So I said, God, teach me how to pray. Teach me, Lord, how to pray. And beloved, today I'm standing here to tell you that those two things that I prayed for or that God put in my heart up on salvation are the two things that are continuing to wreck my life. The love of God, man, I got to have the love of God and I got to know how much God enjoys me and loves me. And the second thing, God, I cannot get enough of talking to you. I want to know you. I want to know who you are. I don't want to know who I am to you. And up to today, beloved, I'm telling you, this are the two things that are still shredding my heart. And most recently, what God has been doing in my life is, uh, is uh, really bringing back the gift of tears. I've, I, you know, I became a professional Christian. You know, I knew how to talk the talk. I knew how to walk the walk, how to give the high five in the lobby. You know, God bless you. And I realized that a year has passed by and I have not grown relationally with a whole lot of people. I have not gotten deeper. I wasn't devoted to the body of Christ, to my brothers and sisters, as God calls me to do. And so my prayers lately is God restore back to me how my heart will be broken for my brothers and sisters in the body. And uh, my beautiful wife and I were at the conference just a few uh, weeks ago over in Kansas City. Um, uh, and, and Corey Russell, I, met, I saw him there. And um, so there was this conference before the conference. So we were at the conference before the conference. And uh, after, you know, we were, we went through the sessions of the conference. I mean, there was just people that were just gripped by move in tears in the audience. And I was just there stiff and hard. And there was none an ounce of tear in me. And I go, God is moving so powerfully. And I don't, I, I'm not moved. And so that, I knew there was a problem with my heart. So my prayer that morning, and I shared this with my wife, and I said, God, restore back to me the gift of tears. Those tears that I had when I became saved, and I was like, God, 
I'll go all in for you. Restore those tears back to me. And uh, so I was just processing and just being undone by everything that's happening. And the conference actually started on the 28th. And guess who the first preacher was at that conference? Corey Russell. Guess who the title of his message was? Restoring back the gift of tears to the body. And since then, I'm telling you, the dam has been broken. I've been tearful like a baby. And, and Tommy can, can attest to that. We were supposed to pray two weeks ago, and I was just like sobbing and crying. And, and I just believe it's a gift. So I'm excited today to share a little bit about prayer. God has been laying things on my heart and Joni's heart. Uh, but uh, we will share a little bit about the voice. The voice. What is the voice? If you have your Bible, turn to me to Deuteronomy. I love starting with the Old Testament because I feel like uh, God has laid a whole lot the truth in the Old Testament. So Deuteronomy 40. It doesn't go to 40, sorry, 30. (laughs) Deuteronomy 30, verse 14. It says, but the word, are you there? So this is God speaking. He says, but the word is very near you. It is in your heart that you may do it. See? I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. So this is a simple passage, right? It says the word is in your heart. It is very near you. So when we're talking about the voice and what I, I feel like the Lord is laying my heart about the voice is that how we pray as believers and we have our nice quiet time in the word, ingesting the word of God, meditation, but we do not use the voice. Beloved, my message this morning is about the uttered voice, like the words that come out of your mouth. Because the words that we utter that come out of our mouth is the connection between the spiritual realm and the natural realm. So we cannot be silent Quiet time is good. I do not deny the power of that. But the uttered word is the power of God in this natural realm. We ought to open our mouth. You know, one of my greatest mentors and men of God that I've admired, Reinhard Bonnke, says that when he looked at the story in Genesis 1, when the spirit was hovering over the waters... He doesn't know how long, how many billions of years the spirit has been hovering. Not until the word was spoken, things did not come forth. So the same way God has given us the voice, our voice, to connect spiritual things into natural things. And it's our duty to exercise it, to release the word of God. So... Um, I have a few more things to share, but uh, 
Um, since we're two doing this, uh, I will uh, invite Joni to come forth and share a few words. All right, so she gave me another five minutes, so uh, <laughs> um, I want to be respectful. You know, I, I dearly love Joni, and I love her heart, and uh, she's just such a powerful woman of prayer, and uh, I mean, years after years, decades after decades, she's still here petitioning for all of us, praying, breakthrough in our lives, and which is, I just honor a lot, a lot, a lot. Her life and her devotion to the Lord. Um, where was I at? The voice to be uttered, to be declared. Hmm. So what is the voice? What is prayer? What is the essence of prayer? Prayer is conversation. It's a simple conversation between us and God. It's the link between humanity and divinity. Like we are living beings because of the breath in our lungs and the spirit of God in us. In the same way, our spirit man is not alive without the oxygen of speaking to God. Prayer is a conversation. It's hearing and it's declaring. It's hearing and it's declaring. I remember first time when Joni and I started talking about this. He said, and we were talking about this topic of prayer. And Joni said, um, prayer is declaring the word back to the word. Declaring the word back to the word. Because God is the word. And so what does that look like practically, Right. So for me, I run out of prayers very, very, very quickly because I know, you know, a finite amount of people, my family, my friends, my church and other churches. And then I play general prayers for the saints. And I can cap all that within maybe two, three hours. I'm exhausted. I mean, I've exhausted my list of things that my mind can remind me. And then you can shift gears and start praying in the spirit and do that. And, and then after you pray in the spirit, sometimes there's a cap to that too. Then what happened, right? That is why we have the gift of the word. I mean, this book, if you transform this book into a book of prayer and you read the Bible in the way that you're taking the word and declaring it back to the word, you see what I'm saying? There is an exhaust, I mean, an infinite amount of prayer in this book. <laughs> Declare that over people. I love the Psalms. Psalm 1, I will praise you, Lord, with my whole heart. Declare that. Good news. You will praise the Lord with all your heart. You will tell marvelous works of the Lord. And you will be glad and rejoice. You see that? This is someone, this is just an ordinary psalm right now that we can read and say, this is my, uh, it's David, I can apply it to me. But turn that into a conversation, declaring the word back to the word. So that is my, my first point, right? Realizing the importance of your voice is number one. Number two, take the word and declare the word back to the word. We can never exhaust the amount of prayers in here. 
My third point and final point is transformation. Prayers transform. Prayers are powerful. Prayers move the heart of God and move our heart. Prayers strengthen faith. And I cannot just get over how many testimonies I've had of words that God has spoken to me, declared back to him in conversation. That took on the form of faith. That became hope and that became love. And that, were, or that was expressed. And finally, I've seen God move in a tangible way. So prayer is transformation. We've prayed for our enemies before. You know, it start with like, I don't want to pray for them. I don't want to say anything. I don't like him anyway. But the Bible calls me to pray for my enemies. And then we start saying, God bless them. God touch him. And then the spirit moves you even further. Bless their family. And before you know it, you're like contending for breakthrough for your enemies. What has prayer done? It has transformed your heart. It transformed your heart. It transformed you. It transformed the heart of God. So prayer is a place of transformation. If you're looking for breakthrough, if you, if you want to access the things that are available to you in spiritual realm, the link is prayer. The uttered voice. Not just ingesting the voice through quiet time and meditation, but opening our lips, declaring through our voice the word back to the word, as Joni said. On that, I'm going to turn it over to Joni to continue today. And then we'll come back for some activation time as well. So, Joni, please give a hand for Joni. She's just awesome. Um. I feel I, I, we can either bring this down. I feel uh, a little self-conscious being up here, but um, I, I do have a, a notebook I might glance at. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Thanks so much. Um, I just, it's, it is such a, it's such a privilege. It's a humbling and a privilege to be up here. And I'm looking at others that God is, everybody, God's starting to pour into. So I know you can relate that it's a humbling, but it's such a privilege. Um, it's so amazing how God is, God's reproducing himself, you know, in his body. And he, 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 we used to sing an old song, Kent and Anne will remember this, but it was, we would, our pastor would say, he'd have, Pam, you would too, he'd have us take hands and look at each other in the eyes, which was pretty intimate, you know, and we'd have to stand and sing, um, I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. I can see in you the glory of my King, and I love you with the love of the Lord. And um, that's, I, I'm just, that's what God's doing, and the gifts I had a vision in 07 flying back home on a Sunday morning from California. And I saw, I saw I, it was Sunday morning. So I thought, oh, it's service is going to start. I'm going to pray for them this morning. And um, I'm on the plane. It was fun to be up at 30,000 feet where you felt like you're automatically in divine perspective a little bit more there. And, um, but I was up in the balcony. I was, I was just praying. Um, 
what was coming to my heart. But I was up in the balcony, and all of a sudden I was looking, and it was very full. I was looking around, and there were a whole bunch of, uh, we all were standing in here. We were packed in here, and everybody had a big white box, just beautifully wrapped, perfectly white box with a great big red bow tied around it. And all of a sudden, we were give, we started exchange this massive exchange of these gifts, and there was so much. It was like um, the biggest celebration. There was so much excitement. This exchange that was going on with our sharing of our gifts with one another, and people opening it up, and people rejoicing, and you know, weeping, crying at our gifts. And I, I feel like that's that's what we're that's what we're stepping into. And and just one other real quick thing, I. You know, um, don't think, I've had more, so many people tell me this week if I went up to, for prayer, if they were up here for prayer and I went to offer prayer and they said, you know, I just, I'm just not, I haven't felt him. I haven't felt him for a long time. And it doesn't, same thing we were talking about. It doesn't seem like he's doing anything. And I, but, and I just want to come against that lie. He is so doing something. He is doing something so deep. And, and even this morning, um, when she was, she was singing and I wish I could remember the song she was singing, but, um, but he took me to Matthew three, thir uh, Matthew thirteen seventeen, and Jesus is talking and he says, for surely I say to you that many prophets and many righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And I just, I, I, I could see, I just, even the great crowd of crowd of witnesses, how we're coming into this culmination and it says they long to see what's what's been put in this last generation, and we're this last generation. And and, and you know, I thought of the waiting that happened in the uh, upper room in the books, book of Acts. I, you know, the waiting as they waited. It's not that nothing was happening the first day; nothing happened. Second day, nothing happened. Third day, nothing happened. Fourth day, nothing. It's not that something wasn't happening. Something very deep was happening. And in the fullness of time, God poured out, of his, poured out his spirit. And I thought about how the prophets waited. Abraham and Sarah waited. Um, David waited. Elizabeth and Zechariah waited. John the Baptist in the wilderness waited. Um, Jesus waited. Paul waited until that fullness of time. And I've, I, I've been in revival. I've had to let go of the old flame and it's been so hard and painful because it was his presence like that, his tangible manifest presence. There, there's, you're ruined, you're wrecked, you're ruined. And, um, it's very, it's hard to even, you know, lay that down. I mean, surely Lord, you're not saying to lay that down. And, and I know it's coming again, but, but I was also in those revival times where, and things were very, um, the body was, I mean, it was just a grace poured out, but we, we weren't, we were experiencing it, but he needed to change us. He needed the transformation you were talking about. He needed, we couldn't be superficial. We had to go deep. Our roots need to be deeply rooted and anchored in love. We have no idea. 
really what he is preparing. <laughs> Eye has not seen, ear hasn't heard what he's preparing for those who love him and they're called according to his. We're that generation. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible what's coming. And so don't, don't think of this as a time. This is an opportunity. It's a real opportunity for us, just like in the upper room, to keep just saying, God, do whatever you want me to do. Just like this morning, make me a vessel, make me an offering. Um, um, we used to sing a song um, um, about just those songs about consecration and so on. I remember you singing one of them, Anne. Quite, um, um, if I can think of it, let's see. Um, Anyway, I better move on to the boys. <laughs> but um, but I just, I felt even that the Lord, even this morning, hearing his voice saying, um, it's not true that nothing's happening, happening. It's absolutely not true. And part of why we aren't seeing some things visibly is because God's protecting us. We're like a baby in a womb. He's he is, Jesus is coming forth from his church and he is protecting it. And it talks about in the book of, of Revelation, the woman that's being kept hidden away and protected. God's protecting it. He's letting it grow. And it, right now he's a lot, the enemy's just being emboldened, but it's going to be a snare. It's going to be a snare, but he's emboldened. He's thinking there's no pushback here. And, you know, he's just moving on, moving on out. He's, you know, but um, God is protecting in the secret place what, what he's doing right now. And when it comes forth, the world's not going to know what hit him. The world's not going to know what this is, but it's what they've been longing for too. It's what they've been waiting for. It's, it's okay that religion didn't work. It's good that religion didn't work. You know, they're waiting for the real deal. And when they finally see the real deal, you know, anyone we think we've judged now or no, we don't know. We don't know which ones, you know, that, that are going to be called out. We don't know. We don't know. Um, I remember God speaking to me and saying that, um, that, um, when that scripture about the wealth of the righteous or wealth of the wicked will be, you know, given unto the righteous and, uh, kind of like, well, that's going to be ours kind of attitude. And the Lord was just showing me there's going to be even drug Lord, drug cartel lords. And P and that's even ways that this, some of this is going to, what was the, the wealth of the wicked. It's, it's going to be given over with that lavish love that pastor Chris was talking about this morning, because he who is forgiven so, so much loves much. So anyway, forgive me for, <laughs> forgive me for that. But, um, I just want to encourage anyone who thinks nothing's happening. It's, it's not true. There's a deep, 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 he's stirring up deep, deep wells. Um, so anyway, I, um, um, I just, I'm, I, I, I'm Jody and I've, I have, you know, been at glad tidings for about 25 years now. My husband's name is Marco. Um, he used to play the drums and I'm sure he'll be playing again. He has a really, really strong prophetic anointing that I, I haven't heard even in years that, I mean, it just hasn't been the, the fullness of time yet, but I know it will be a war. I know it'll be a, um, it will cause the enemy to tremble. I know that I know. And he also has a really strong anointing for joy. And I know that with this new wine, we're going to experience new joy like we never have before. Um, but, um, um, I just, most of the, I, this, it's not really teaching. I just, I, I talk, I just, it's more impartation, but 
and I, I want to tell a little bit about my testimony. I want to be very careful of time here because we want some time at the end to gather together like they did in the book of, of Acts. You know, we, we want it. God's wanting to, um, you know, shift us and, and, and move us a little bit. But I did want to say that it is really, really amazing uh, what he is doing in this hour and that these are the last days. And I, I, we're going to hear that more and more, the time that we're in. The prophets are finally, before people would say, you can't say that, you can't say that. And, you know, we're going to scare people and all these things. But it's, you know, it's it's time to be speaking about where we are. It's time for the church to rise up and say the days and the times that we're in. There are so many lives at stake. And um, I remember being probably like 11, 12, 13 years old. I lived in Minneapolis. I was at a girl's birthday party at a house. There were probably 10 of us. And this is long before church is what we know church as. This is back when, you know, I'm going to the Presbyterian church and this kid's family goes to the Baptist church and this kid family goes to the Catholic church and this kid's family goes to the Lutheran church. And, and there wasn't this church. I mean, we, that, it was the time when you literally did go, it was an hour max and you came home and ate your roast. And, um, but, but what was so interesting is at this birthday party at the, at the end, we just sat around, we were talking and we were all talking about how old we were going to be in the year 2000. And this is in, um, the seven, this is in the early seventies, maybe, um, Late, no, no, it was before that. It was, oh, I'm dating myself. It, um, it was probably the mid-60s. But we were talking about how old we were going to be. And um, what I, I look back now, I didn't think anything of it at the time. We were talking about the Antichrist. We were talking about the Mark of the Beast. We were talking about what the world was going to be like in the year 2000 and how, and this one world government, and this one world religion. And I'm like, how did this happen? How did we know this? We were 11, 12, 13 years old. We don't even talk about that in the church today most of the time. And, and I, I, but it was because we lived in America and we were Christians. I mean, you know, we, we, well, we had been raised as, you know, fundamentally as, as Christian, you know, people. And yet we knew these, we knew these basic things. And I remember we weren't scared about or anything. We were just, Wow. You know, what's it going to be like? So sometimes I feel like, um, like now, you know, the enemy is so blatant. It seems like, I mean, it's so blatant. It's so obvious to me what's going on. And yet it's like the church is the last one to know. Um, so, and we're the ones that are going to be like in a Zeke. I mean, you know, we're, and, and we're going to be, um, he said, you know, those of you who know, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you accountable. You know, we're going to be the ones that are snatching people as, as out of the fire. We're going to be the ones going and saying, don't take this, don't take this, don't take this mark. And we, we got to be, you know, are we, I mean, we got to face and process that ourselves where we're at. Um, and so anyway, we, Jeff Kaiser last several, really every time he talked, talked about that these are perilous times. And I heard one prophetic man, you know, quote from a famous book of Charles Dixon, uh, Charles Dickens. These are the, they were the best of times. They were the worst of times. And, um, and so th these are the times that we live in, but 
through these perilous times, as the world's growing darker and darker, God's raising up his kingdom in the midst of this darkness. And these are the very conditions in which he's building his church. Um, I think it's all by design. It's under these very conditions and under these pressures and things that are going on that he is building and refining his church in the hour. And it's the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against because the gates we're, we're you know, the gates of hell are becoming prominent. But there's going to be this church. There is a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. He's restoring the tabernacle of David, which is broken down. He's resurrecting his house of prayer. And, and it, it, you know, David looked out and he, he, he was in the old Testament. He, he wasn't supposed to have this whole group of people worshiping and praying day and night and anybody and the, you know, veils down and anybody can walk on in. That's what he did. How did they not die? But he saw, he looked ahead and he saw something that was for another day and he pulled it into his day and God allowed that. And, and then that tabernacle was broken down and ruined, and God is rebuilding it again. He's rebuilding it in our day. And, and in, in the midst of gross darkness, here will be these houses of prayer. That was his title and identity for his church, houses of prayer. And um, there will be veritable furnaces of night and day prayer. And just like the Old Testament priests were called to tend the fire at the altar of incense, and not let that fire go out. Now in the New Testament priesthood, um, we become the fire and our heart is the altar. And, and the word says that we're, we're going to be lamps that burn. There's going to be continually burning in us. We're going to be consumed by him. We're going to be a consuming fire for him. And it's in that place. It's in that furnace, that furnace of prayer, um, that this fire is going to, it's going to be stoked. It's going to be, it's going to be burning. It's going to be, um, it's going to be amazing. And the Lord was just, you know, as I'm even just kind of writing down, hopefully what was the download, just his thoughts from him. He's like the house. It's so, seems so hard sometimes to get people to prayer and drug into prayer. But he's, he said, the house of prayer is not going to be dull and lifeless. It's going to be fiery. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be weighty with his glory. So, and we're going to be filling the bowls of heaven, filling the bowls of heaven. And they're going to, I, I feel, I feel like the Lord gave me a picture and a revelation that we're, the amount of prayer that's going to go on now, it's, it's going to, it's going to be more than all the prayers in, in all of you know, former history. We are going to so fill those bowls and we're going to be filling them with his prayers. They won't just be, God, help me find a new house. God, help me find a new job. You know, God, I need a new dress for this, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's going to be his prayers being prayed back to him. And so we're going to be lavish in our prayers. We'll be thinking big, dreaming big. We're going to be, the spirit is going to say, go ahead and ask for this. The spirit's going to be big in us, bold in us, audacious in us to ask and to ask and to believe and believe you have received them and you shall have them. There's going to be nothing that's impossible, nothing that's impossible. Um, and so that th they're going to become weighty and full. And when they're tipped out and poured out on the earth, we, we can't even begin to imagine what all the things we've prayed, what our earth is going to look like um, as a result. And that's why take that time to get ready, to get ready, to get ready, because the kind of weighty glory that's coming, it's it's it will be profound. And um, 
and we won't, um, it will, it, we won't be, um, we'll have times where we won't be able to stand in his presence, you know, and we won't want any, you know, it, he's building a highway of holiness and no unclean thing can walk on that highway. And so it's a privilege. Just let it go. Confess it. Don't worry about anybody. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Who sees, who knows what, just get rid of it. And I had a vision one time up in the prayer room upstairs. Um, and I saw people running the fire was so hot and so burning. And I saw people running to, to some of the prayer people and going and to friends and were going, what do you see? Is there anything in me? Is there anything in me? Is there anything in me? Is there anything in me that you see? Tell me, tell me it was that it, they were that open. They were that transparent. It's like, get it. Out. If you see it, if you see it and I don't, I don't want it. You know, that's how purifying the refiner's fire was. And, um, so in these last days, felt like the Lord just said, there's going to be a symphony of prayer going on and the saints in heaven and the saints on earth. There's going to be prayer going on just in concert with the intercession of Jesus. And, um, it's just, it's the bridegroom and the bride are going to be praying the hearts of the bride and the bridegroom are going to be beating. And it's, it's, there's going to be that, you know, just like when a bride and bridegroom, when they're engaged, they're committed to one another. They're, they're secure. They're confident. You know, they're going to be together, but why isn't that enough? It's not set. They're, they are, ah, they're burning for the, for, for the, you know, just the truly being together, the truly being together, the truly being one, their hearts are burning. And that's, what's going to happen in the last days. There's gonna be such a burning to be fully, wholly united to him. Um, so, um, the role the voice plays in prayer, <laughs> I just want to say it's that voice is everything because in these last days, our prayers are going to change and he is going to be praying through us and we're going to be dead to our own will agendas, plans, and we're not going to care. <laughs> and we're going to be so alive to his plans. We're going to see that his plans and agendas were so far better. Anything anyway anything we had planned for ourselves that we don't, it will let those go to take up, you know, his, um, will and planned and agendas and his heart's going to be ours. His tears are going to be ours. His dreams are going to be ours. And, um, I was, as I was just thinking, and I think a lot of what my exhortation is today has to do with, it has to do with the union of the word, the voice, the spirit, and the person of Jesus Christ because they're one and the same. And, you know, we've been singing that song, the name of Jesus lately, but I think sometimes we don't think about the words, but I, it, she, she starts out and says, you spoke the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high, your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ. So who that you, you spoke the word at the beginning and the description, how was that you described? It was, the, the word was Christ. You spoke the word. The entrance of your word brings light, right? He's the light of the world. Light be. That's the first thing God did. Let there be light. And that was heaven come. That was heaven come. That was heaven come. And so, um, anyway, he, he, 
he, so one with God, one with God, the Lord most high. So Jesus being one with the father spoke the words of the father and what happened there, there was light and heaven came and, um, it, you know, it says in Genesis in the beginning, God created and how did he create? It was the, it was releasing the word, the voice for the first, the spirit hovering over the, over the, over the face of the deep, then the word, the voice, the person, all of them came forth and this this divine creativity and we're given that same divine creativity. We weren't, we were given this miracle of being co-creators as, as parents, but we're, we're, we're co-creators for, for God's reality in the earth through our words. We can co-create, we can call things that be not as though they are. There was nothing there. And yet it was there because it was in the heart of God. God saw it. So if we have a dream for a, a Muslim nation, a Buddhist nation, you know, if we have a dream for our nation, a dream for our kids, our families, we can call things that be not as though they are. We can, we can, as the spirits hovering over that, we can release the voice of the Lord. We can le release the word of the Lord because the word is spirit and it is life. It is spirit and it is life. It's the, 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 um, the, um, what does it say? The, um, uh, letter of the law is death, but the word of life, the word is life. And so, um, and I just want to say, wait to see what God does in the arts. It's, it's good. It's I've, I've had a vision of it and I've interceded into it a lot. It's going to be incredible because from nothing, but that artist that sees there's going to be things put out in the, in words, in writings, in music, in pictures and paintings and print. And, and it's, it's just in movies and films and it's going to be so anointed. It's going to be so anointed. Um, oh my, it's going to be incredible. So anyway, um, so what else happened when the light came forth? The darkness was shattered, right? Um, so the, to, the earth was totally dark without form um, but then the voice spoke and, and I, as I was thinking about that, I thought, well, maybe the big bang theory isn't so off, you know? Um, but because listen to this from Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. And that word means holy. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone cries holy. There's a divine response or Christ glory in his temple. Everyone, there's a divine response to the voice of the Lord. And even the next thing that, ha you know, the sun, the moon, the stars were in the sky. There's a divine response in the temple, in the sanctuary and everything cries out. Holy, um, the, the, uh, the, the voice of the Lord is is the most powerful thing in the universe and it's embedded in creation. And another Psalm that talks about this, it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork day unto day utters speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. So we can, 
we, we, can, we can stand in Afghanistan and say, God, you're speaking. You're speaking to them. You are speaking through all of creation. Lord, you're always speaking. You're always calling out. You're always wooing. You're wooing. You're wooing us. You're speaking to us, calling to us. Their line and song, song uh, their line or sound has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the earth. And so, um, anyway, and I, and I want to, not only is the voice the most powerful thing in the universe, the voice of heaven is greater than the universe and it's seated on the eternal throne. Um, revelation 21, three says, then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Behold, God is dwelling with men and he will live with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. Um, so what's this culminate in from the very beginning in Genesis to that verse? He wants to be with us. He wants to be with us. He intends to be with us. Um, and so as pastor Chris said, holiness, we, we, we have to, he's, 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 he's working holiness in us because we can't come into union you know, without that holiness and we can't work it up religiously. It's, it's just, it's a yieldedness and a surrender and it's a taking on, it's an imputed holiness. And when we believe that, when we believe that's how, that's how we obtain we're holy even as he's holy. So anyway, he's getting us ready to live as one with holy, um, uh, anyway, just, and I wanted to say last night, you know, Corey last night, he said, he goes, come up and he goes, and I don't mean to the altar. He said, come up to divine perspective. He said, you're there positionally, but you're not, you know, we got to get there in our, in our renewed mind. And I think sometimes we, the church always thinks of like the five deadly sins that we have to repent of, you know, and it's, it's not, I think the greatest thing we have to repent of daily is unbelief. It's we're there positionally, but do we believe it? If we believed it, we would talk differently to each other. We would pray differently. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ far above all principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places. Right? So we, we got to repent of that unbelief and say, uh, you know, and train, renew our mind. This is what's true. This is what's true. And, and it's not because of me and anything I earned. That's his goodness. That's his grace. That's what makes you pour that, you know, oil out at his feet more and more as you realize more and more what he's, what he's done, what he's done for you, who you were, you know, and yet what he's done for you because he wanted you so much that he said, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And then when you have an, I'll do anything, you, you get back that same, you know, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Um, well, my, in terms of testimony, this is my whole life testimony or anything, but, um, I was, I was asked to share on a prophetic panel for a church that, and I was really blessed by this. There was a church in town and there are several that come to pastor Chris and they recognize and see some things going on here. And again, rather than being insecure, or jealous, or, you know, too proud to ask, I'm so blessed that there are churches in our city coming saying, you know what, we, we, we want that and we don't really have it. Would you guys help us with this? Would you help us establish this? And I just think that's awesome. 
awesome. And um, so they said, will you come and, and we want to help stir up, you know, prophetic ministry in, in our church. And so I was on this panel and they were going down the light, uh, down the line saying, um, you know, sharing all these amazing uh, prophetic uh, pictures they were getting and dreams they were having and and um, spiritual interpretations of, of all these things and then you know they got to me and I said you know my first prophetic experience honestly wasn't a dream or, or anything like that but I opened up the book of John and I read in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and he dwelled among us and we beheld him. And I, that was my first prophetic experience. And his deep was calling into my deep and it wasn't an audible voice, but I heard what the spirit was saying. And, um, I just think of that song, you know, now revealed in you are Christ, you know, you are Christ, you are Christ. And, um, so I just, the word is a, a person and he has a voice and he's speaking to us. And, and that voice had the power to, to, to resurrect my dead life into new life. It had the power to translate me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of light. It had the, it had the power to make me a new creation in Christ. And, um, I remember one of the first songs, this will date me too, the, but the first song and it probably marks it probably marks maybe maybe the call on my life or something. But anyway, it was an old Keith Green song. It was make my life a prayer to you. Make my life a prayer to you. And um, anyway, it was quite a, a transaction. And um, the word, the spirit, the voice, encountering Jesus, um, he never intended, intended for us to read the word and not encounter him and not encounter his voice speaking to us as we're reading the word. Um, but so many in the people, so many people in the church still say, I, you know, I don't know his voice or I never hear his voice. Um, and he never, never intended that the scribes and Pharisees, you know, prided themselves on knowing the word, but they didn't hear the voice wooing them. And so when he came, he was the voice you know, and they, but they didn't hear him. And I, I, this is just an exhortation. I want, I want, I just want, I think it's imperative right now that, um, we're in just in an hour where where it's imperative, you know, that the bride know the voice of her bridegroom, you know, like never before. And that we engage, we engage that way with the word of God knowing it's speaking and it's speaking to us and, and that we actively engage. We're not, um, we're not passively reading the word, but we're engaged with what he's speaking to us. And, and we may read for a while and not, you know, really be that stirred, but you, it's, it, you keep going. It's daily manna. It's, it's daily food. It's the, it's, and when we go out and we gather that every day, there's, there's, we read one day and there's fire on something. There's a highlighting of something. It's something he's speaking to us. It's something that he's, he's trying to get through to us. And it's, it's something that we're, um, 
you know, that he wants us to say back to him. It's something he wants us to pray back to him. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that when you're praying the word of God, it is deeply, it's getting deeply implanted in you. Um, as you're praying that, as you're hearing, um, his voice, he said, my sheep know, meaning they're intimately acquainted with my voice. And with all his heart, he desires that we would be so intimately acquainted with his voice. If knowing his word, that's, that's without a doubt. He's, he can speak audibly. He, he speaks through creation. It's, but we're so privileged in this nation to have the word. And, and it, it is how we most become acquainted with his voice. You know, when we're starting out and we're learning then all of a sudden you're at work one day, you've been reading, reading, reading along. You don't think anything's happening, but you're at work one day and something going on. And all of a sudden you hear uh, that voice. <laughs> you hear that inward voice talking to you about the situation and how to think about it or what to say or what to do. Um, and so, um, and I just, just to, to um, also um, solidify out of revelation 19, 11 through 13. It, um, Jesus, he's our bridegroom King and he has a name and he's coming back as our bridegroom King. And this is what revelation 19 says. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he sat on him was called faithful and true. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. So I believe God is not only inviting us right now. He's been inviting us a long time. He's not just wooing us, but I, I think he's compelling us right now to um, not just read his word, but become one with his word in this hour. That's there's a marriage of the spirit and the word, you know, and, and the voice. And he's, he's saying, come now, come, really come and draw away with me and, and become one with me. I want to take you into the bridal chambers. I want to whisper my secrets to you. I want to reveal and un unveil my secrets to you in the inner sanctum, in the inner place. And, um, um, and then when we become one with him, his word, his voice, um, then we're going to speak and mountains are going to move. That's what, I mean, you know, in past generations, we probably look at the apostles, time of the apostles mo most often, but you know, you may have a John G. Lake, you may have a, um, you know, a, a um, um, who's the, um, oh, come on. Um, the guy in Tulsa, uh, or in, uh, oral Roberts, you may, yeah, you may have people like that, that, but, but this is a generation now. This is a culmination to a generation and God's been waiting for, for a generation that are one with his voice. And when we're one with his voice, we are going to speak to mountains. We are going to um, speak to blind eyes. We're going to speak to dead people. We're going to um, speak and people are going to bow their knee and, you know, at the name to the name of Jesus. Um, the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We'll speak to dry bones and say, come alive in the name of Jesus. We'll, we'll speak to the breath and say, oh, breath, come and fill these, you know, um, and, and we're going to see an exceeding great army raised up. Um, we're going to see the destroying mountain brought low and made a plain before Zerubbabel in Jesus name. Um, and so I just want to encourage you if um, we want to know his word, but study his emotions. 
because who we're representing to the world it's it's not just a it's it's not just information or it's it we if you study his emotions you'll you'll be one with his heart so we, he wants us to study his emotions. And I believe that knowing him in this hour is crucial for several reasons. But one is that there are so many right now, there are so many voices rising up and they're deceiving voices. And unfortunately, I mean, they are, they are, it's, it's, they're, they're, um, like a massive dragnet that's dragging in an entire generation. And, um, we, he, you know, um, it's just, it's the hallmark of the last days, you know, and I had to do a study not long ago and I was looking up a couple things. It wasn't on deception, but something grabbed my attention about it. And as I looked, I could not believe all the scriptures. There were almost like 70 scriptures about deception in the last days. I'm like, wow, Lord, this is huge, huge, huge issue. And, um, it's kind of duh, but when I was reading all these scriptures, I thought this, this is, um, this is just something we've got to be aware of as a body of Christ. It's part of understanding the apostasy and everything else. And the only way we're going to be able is, you know, we're children of the light and he doesn't, he doesn't want us to be afraid. He wants to be deeply rooted and grounded. That's how we'll discern. That's how we'll know you know, that's false and that's true. It's because we've handled the true. We've become familiar with the true. We've become one with the true. And those spirits, those other voices raising up are not going to be able to draw us astray. And when others are confused by that, we're going to be able to, you know, point them to the word of God. And so that's his protection for us to be so intimately acquainted with his word that there's no way we'll be deceived. And I, you know, I believe in the last days, it talks about us meeting together in small groups, devoting ourselves. Pastor Chris was talking about devotion to the word and, um, the, well, to the apostles teaching. But, and I believe that those are the Holy scriptures that that devotion is devotion to the word of God, you know, and, and, um, and to prayer and to communion and fellowship. And so, um, anyway, I, I, you know, that no, having that word, um, you know, in your mouth, it's, it's your, your, I think one of the big points you made V was, um, we, we can't just read it. We've got to pull out our sword and we've got to be wielding that sword. And, um, we are, we're not just his body. That word is ecclesia. We're the governing ones in the earth. We're the governing ones and it's time to rule and reign. And we have the, we've been given the keys of David. And if the church isn't to bind and loose, and if the church is not going to, you don't bind and loose by sitting and reading. You've got to rise up. We've got to stand up and, um, and appreciate and, and, uh, just be grateful for the keys he's given us and realize he's called us those kings and priests that pastor Mark was talking about. It's time to rise up. And when we see murder and chaos and rage and, and deception going on, you know, that we bind those spirits of chaos, murder, rage, deception. We lose a spirit of truth and peace and, and, um, you know, tranquility and, and so forth. So, um, and, and when, um, you know, he's going to send us out to the, you know, Psalm 24 talks about open up 
you, you gate, you know, lift up your heads, your gates, open up your heavenly doors, let the king of glory come in. When we're talking about heaven come, God's going to send us. And by our words, he is going to start to say, I want you to decree at the gates of the city. I want you to stand in the gates of the city. I want you to stand at the, you know, in the, in the gates of the nation. I want you to decree a thing and it will be established, decree a thing and it will be established. And so um, the body of Christ, those, the, the body of believers, the ecclesia, the governing ones rose up and, and said, lift up your heads that the King of glory may come in. And then everyone around is going, who's the King of glory. But the ones who knew said the Lord strong and mighty, he is the King of glory. Um, so we're going to be able to go, whether it's to our spouse's heart, a child's heart, our city, a Muslim city, a Jewish city, a Buddhist stronghold, and we're going to be able to go there and, 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 and when, as, when we're in prayer, the spirit, the prayer, the word, and we rise up and we say, open up in the name of Jesus, open up, you heavenly gate, open up in Jesus name that the King of glory may come in. Um, and so this is, this is the, the, the kind of authority that we're going to be, you know, walking in, you know, that song we, you know, it's interesting because I think we get glimpses when we sing something like no heaven locked up, let it open, no kingdom stand still, let it move. I'm about three octaves lower. I'm I, <laughs> sorry that, <laughs> but anyway, um, and so that, that, that we're decreeing things we're, we're getting it. Faith's coming into our heart and we're getting it. God said in Psalm 81, 10, open your mouth and I will fill it. And, um, so anyway, I just, I think to end this, I just, um, I want to encourage, um, and this, this goes back to the day we're in and the hour we're in. Um, and I just want to challenge you with this. Um, <clears throat> my, um, my sister lives in California and she and her husband have overseen a large Christian school there for the last 19 years. And they have seen significant changes in California in, uh, they already thought they moved to a new culture like Turkey almost when they moved 19 years ago from, from the Midwest. But now, you know, they just have seen changes and cha more and more changes and more and more changes. And in 2018, just this last year, they came so close to passing a law that would have, it was a backdoor way of really outlawing at least portions of scripture or, or making it illegal, making the word illegal. Canada's already done that. We're this close. We're this close. And it's, it's, it's beyond my, it's beyond comprehension to me. You know, it reminds me of, um, Bethlehem when it says, you know, Rachel, Rachel weeping for her children because they knew we're no more. It can, it can be taken from us in a heartbeat. And what would that be like? What if in a year we didn't, we didn't have the word. Yeah. Amen. It does. But, but we don't want it sitting on our shelf one extra day <laughs> gathering dust, you know, but we, we want it. I remember Corey Timboom and Bessie, her sister, the Lord allowed them through a supernatural event to get a Bible with them when they were taken into the concentration camp. That's how much they loved the word of God. And, and God wants, God wants us to know how much he loves us. He wants us 
you know, to love him. He is the word of God. So I just want to exhort you just to fill yourselves with the word. Fill yourself. Take every opportunity and eat and eat. So and so. He who sows sparingly reaps sparingly. He who sows abundantly reaps abundantly. The word produces. It's the word. Prayer flows out of that. It's the very word that springs up. And, and, and out of our belly, this, the role of the spirit in it, like Corey's saying, take everything I've said and the role of the spirit out of praying in the spirit. Because Paul said, I pray with my spirit and I pray with my understanding. I pray in tongues more than you all. And there's going to be so much praying in tongues in these last days. And I believe God's going to come and And because of even our intercession, just drop on entire congregations of Presbyterians and Methodists and Catholic. And he's going to fill them with his spirit because we have to have it in this last hour. All this debate about, you know, Holy Spirit, we have to have him in the last hour. And so, and I believe that because of his heart of love, his voice being prayed through us, that God, rather than us judging that they don't have it or anyone thinking they're better, we're just going to be like, God, they just don't know. Forgive them. They don't, they know not what they do. Just pour it out on them. Just release it out to them. Oh God, your grace, your mercy. If it wasn't for you, I, you know, I, I never would have known. I never would have been able to receive if you hadn't revealed it to me. Um, you know, those six water jars at the wedding at Cana were filled with water. And I am going to say this because it's been a theme and it's a picture, I think, from of this season and this conference. But um, but the Bible talks about the water of his word and and those and six is the number of man. And he instructed them, fill the water pots, those jars those were jars of purification, fill them with the word. Fill them to overflow, to the brim with the word. And then miraculously, there was this marriage of the water and the spirit. And new wine was poured out. So as we've been saying, where there's new wine, there's new power, there's new freedom. And the kingdom's here. Heaven comes. And so it, it truly, he has saved the best for last. And just the last verse, in clo- as we're talking about the voice, the voice, the voice. I remember being imprinted. I read the book of John. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, word was God. And I just read it every night. I was so hungry. Read it all the way through to Revelation. And, the, and I remember before my mind could catch up, my spirit knew. And I was, my spirit left within me like the baby in Elizabeth when I read this. But here's the last voice, voiced back to God. The voice that returning the voice. Here it is, Revelation 22, 17. Final prayer in the Bible. The spirit and the bride say, come. That's, that is the culmination. The spirit and the bride say, come. So heaven come. That's what this conference has been about. Heaven come. So, um, with that, um, I think we wanted to both, uh, well, I think, were we going to have questions? Yeah. I mean, it's a breakout session. So it, we, we really want to invite people to, ha- you know, to ask questions. Okay, I am a baby Christian. I grew up in an Episcopal church, and then when I moved here, there were not very many Episcopalian churches, so the natural branch off was to Lutheran. However, all my life, 
I knew there was something else. And in that Lutheran church that was filled with very nice people, I'm sitting in the back of the room and this violent shaking inside of me started and I couldn't stop it. So I left that church and as soon as those doors closed, it was gone. Now my question is, most recently I heard the audible voice of God because I've been praying and praying and praying. I just want to hear hello. Well, about three weeks ago he said hello and it was audible. So the question is, I don't, I'm, I'm reading the word and this is my third year on reading through the Bible. I'm not well versed on much because that's not what the Episcopal and the Lutheran church is about. So I have to start from the beginning. How do I pray into people? Um, my heart is full that I want to pray for them, but I don't know how to pray into them since I don't really know the word. Um, you know, it's, you, you already have the heart. That's what, that's what's so beautiful. You have the heart and the Lord's already been wooing you, calling you the word, the word has been wooing you and calling you and, um, speaking to you, I think in ways that you maybe don't even realize yet. But, um, and it, it's when you, when you, I, I had an uncle early on, very early on when I was born again. And he was born again, and, and he was the only one, other one in my family. Everybody else went to church, but he was born again. And um, I remember him. We had a really special bond, and he'd say, I take the Bible, and I sit down every morning, and I read a chapter, and I say, what is it saying? And then I, and then I ask, and I might write down a couple things or highlight a couple things, and then I say, what is it saying to me personally? What's it saying in general? What's it saying to me personally? And then he said, and then I say, how, Lord, how, how do, how would I apply this or walk, walk this out? And I had no tools or anything else to, you know, so we would get up every morning while we were, while we were there, when we were there on vacations and we would do that together, you know, and then we would pray, but just in doing that, how it applies to me, help me to put, put my own name in there or put someone else's name in there. Because the word never returns void. It will always accomplish and fulfill the purpose for everything it was sent to do. That's why when we get the revelation of praying his word back to the word back to the word, um, it's so powerful because it can't fail. It can't be, it return empty. And so I don't know if that helps, but I think in those simplest ways, insert their, their name, your name, and and so much more, it, more will flow out of that. And just uh, um, practically too, uh, you know, for me, what that has been is actually asking God to surround me with people that are doing what I want to do. That's all I did. And so sure enough, a season went by and literally got surrounded me with people. And it was that learning environment, right, where I have to literally lay myself and submit myself to the, the teaching of the season from the Lord and really learn how to do this godly thing that I so desire. I mean, as simple as that. So, um, Can I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying something that I need to share, if that's okay. Um, at, at the end of the book of Luke, when Jesus is getting ready to leave the planet, he he gives his disciples a, a, a mission, a job, a great commission. And in, in that same chapter, it says that he, he unlocked the scriptures for them. 
and, and it was like, and they, and they came awake to why he was there. Like they didn't get it the entire time he was with them. He, they didn't get it. They, can, they were consistently getting it wrong up until the day he left the planet. And then he unlocked the scriptures for them and told them to wait. And I'm coming. Uh, and I will. Oh, and it's like in that moment they got it. And then, then he could leave. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they're like, but we, we just finally figured out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're leaving. Yes. And, yes. and, and so I feel like God is saying that he, he wants to unlock for you the Amen. scriptures Amen. like he did for Amen. the disciples, for the apostles. Amen. And then the second thing is he has given you his spirit as your teacher. Yes. And, and, and there are many people who are filled with the spirit through whom the spirit teaches and they are great. But when, when your heart comes awake to the word and you have the spirit as your teacher, nothing else can compare. Amen. Um, along lines with that, just if you don't mind if I add something real quick, is um, um, what they call like apost- uh, apostolic prayers uh, that have been really, really powerful. They're just Bible, you know, breathe prayers that the apostles have written for us. And the way we apply those um, uh, prayers is actually just like Joni said, right? Instead of saying, you know, a name or a church, replace it with your own name. Um, and that's, I believe that's what you were saying, right? And Ephesians 3, verse 16 to, uh, to 19, right? When, and when uh, Paul was praying for the church and asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, um, those prayers have been really transformational when you replace it with my name or your name. Say, God, I just pray that you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation to, to comprehend what's beyond my comprehension to know the love of God and, and tap onto the well of wisdom of heaven for my generation, for what God is doing and pray that that is the transformation that you're talking about, I believe. So I just want to add that. And real quick, I had a mentor too, who said, pray every time before you sit down to the word and ask the Lord to open it up to you. Exactly what you're saying. And I, I think of the disciples on the road to Emmaus you know, and it says, didn't our hearts burn within us? You know, so ask him for that burning heart to open up, to reveal to him those hidden, hidden things. And, um, and let that, you know, let that fire just burn as he, as the Holy Spirit uh, opens him up to you. How about anybody else? Any other questions about prayer? Any revelations about prayer? Well, the way my life started being very intimate was when I was married many years ago. And I cried and I said, Jesus, if you're real, I've got to know it. And I was looking in my dining room and this cloud came in. And all of a sudden I heard this voice. I love you, my child. Do not be afraid. I will help you. I had four children at that time and he was mm. drinking too much mm. and before my husband died he said thank you for never giving up on me mm. and I said well that was Jesus <laughs> and he was jealous for Jesus for for a while and then he finally said you know I'm glad I have Jesus now too and that day he died. And I was so thankful because I prayed every day, please don't let him die until he totally surrenders his life to you. 
and uh, and now and when I wake up in the morning, I'm in an old people's house, I guess you can call it, and <laughs> and uh, always say, "Good morning, Jesus. Thank you for a good night's sleep." And then we talk to each other. And I think it's all when you finally, and I remember one time I was watching TV and then I heard this voice say, turn it off, I want to talk to you. And I think people, re it, it's so simple. And if you just keep quiet, you can hear him. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted, Chad, Chad, you had a point, because I often think I want, I want people to be in a place where even if, even if they were in prison for five years, they're okay. They're with him yeah. right here. He's right here. The word is, is there. The word is with them. Um, and you were, you were talking about, and you might have something to impart, but about just you don't have to be with, uh, even have this physically. We have, we, we're carrying him. I have hidden your words in my heart that I might not sin against you. It comes in handy. <laughs> um, I'd encourage you to come to the prayer meetings if you really want to learn to pray for people. And sur He was saying that you have to surround yourself with people. I mean, I think you have to put yourself in the environment because they're not always going to come to you. So be proactive. Uh, oh, there's a question there. But um, I, I wanted to also kind of exhort us to, like, um, let's not play, pray timid prayers. Um, I've seen that a lot, and, and prayers that don't, that, that don't even move us anymore. When God is asking, asking us to ask for the nations, uh, we have to <laughs> push ourselves to pray the prayers of God. You know what I'm saying? It's like there are prayers that are like, oh, God, I sure want to have this parking spot when I get to the church, right? To now let's shift and pray the prayers of God. I think it's so critical and so important. I know Joni already, Jody already, I keep saying Joni, I don't know why I touched on that. Maybe the puppies is not good for me. <laughs> um, but let's shift our prayers, prayer language um, to pray God's dreams, God's vision for our generation. Um, I'll share more a little bit in our time of prayer. We'd like to do some activation. I think we got a heart stop at 1230. Um, so we'll take one question and then we'll do a little bit of activation here. This is more of just there was one time where Jody and I met and um, I just went after her and I said, how do you pray? I need to know how to pray. And something that you gave me um, that was really powerful was you suggested listening to a worship song and after one of the lines, repeat that back to God. And um, I don't know what you guys are planning for the rest of the time, but even if there's a little bit of that, maybe emulate that for us. Just show us what that looks like. Um, you know, if she sings a certain song, how can we turn that actively into prayer with our voice? That would be very helpful. 
Yes, they, you know, the, the worship fuels, there's no question, worship fuels intercession and, and turning a song into intercession, into a prayer. Um, one quick thing, last night we were singing that song about, I am hungry, I am hungry for, you know, um, I, I, I immerse, I am desperate, immerse me. Um, I, I, I'm not waiting anymore. Um, con, con, I'm not waiting anymore. And what's the last line? Con, consume me. Consume me, Lord. Consume me. I, you know, we start out with I, I, I a lot. But I, I find the spirit lately, all year really, I mean, he's moving it into the we realm and into the they realm a lot more. I think that's the spirit of, inter that's the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of intercession. Last night was so gripped as we, I was, folk, I, I, the Lord was just focusing me over here where the young people were. And I, I just started weeping because I'm, I'm like, Lord, they are hungry, you know, for you. They, they are desperate. I just saw their desperate situation, you know, immerse them. You know, they're, they're, they can't wait anymore. You know, consume them, Lord, consume them, Lord. And, and so um, it was just a way I could, it, it just turned into, into prayer and into giving voice to his heart in that moment. So let's, let's do that. Thank you. 